0: Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.03 FM on this, the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. I'm Julie and I'm here with Thomas this morning. Good morning, Thomas.
1: Good morning, Julie. Wonderful to be here.
0: It's great to be here. As we get ready to spend time with God and Thomas and me, you're listening to Salve Regina by the Benedictine Monks. Today's readings, as I said, is we're in the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time. But before we do that, Thomas, you've been doing something pretty exciting. Not the last few weeks or so, a little while ago, since Christmas. What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had the pleasure and privilege of being at Life Teen Summer Camp, um, And this year it was held at St. Peter's in Cambridge, the, the Anglican... Boarding school there. Um, and this camp and event is really close to my heart. Um, it's something that I actually helped bring to New Zealand uh, from the United States with uh, a number of friends. Uh, and effectively, um, the motto uh, for Life Team is leading teens closer to Christ. Uh, so that was really what this particular event was about.
0: How many people were there?
1: Um, It was somewhere between 200 and 300 people. Holy uh, moly. Yeah, yeah, so really, really big numbers, which is fantastic. Um, And, yeah, from from all all corners of the country, really. Uh, Predominantly the the North Island, but, yeah, really wonderful representation across our parishes throughout New Zealand and a really beautiful uh, ethnic and cultural mix as well.
0: How long does it last?
1: Um, so this particular camp uh, was from from Wednesday to Sunday, so it's usually uh, five days and four nights. and probably one of the distinctions of this camp compared to other camps is that you actually come part of of a parish group. Um, so you're not sort of the, the, the lone ranger coming from your church, you' you're sort of embedded in in a group in a parish.
0: And what's the age group of the
1: the attendees? Yeah, so it's um, sort of of loosely-ish. It's it's 13 to 18, so it's really uh, targeted at teenagers, but I'm sure you could appreciate that the the planning and and the leadership team um, in such events is, is actually quite a lot broader than that, but the target audience, yeah, is definitely teenagers.
0: And is this something that you do as part of your day job or is this different?
1: Yeah, well, it's actually, um, it sort of was a little bit chicken and egg and, and I sort of, um, you know, spoke to my boss about it and he sort of said, well, you know, Tom, that's actually Christian camping, you know, what what you're doing at, at that event. So that ended up being sort of work and in inverted commas, but, but as I say, it was an, an absolute blast and, and didn't feel like work at all.
0: And what was a highlight for you?
1: Um, a number of highlights really, like there's something really gratifying about seeing that this program that was brought from the the United States. And I must say it was from a a director from the Holy Spirit. So that was something that we, uh, yeah, really felt was important to to follow. Uh, but, but seeing the, um, the program grow from strength to strength and probably in fairness too, just to sort of saying that it almost resurrects uh, after a couple of years off because of COVID, but it's really often for me just just the energy and enthusiasm that, that young people bring. Um, I'm often sort of a little bit envious and like, oh, I'd love to have that energy uh, at this stage of my life. But yeah, particularly yeah, just seeing the the, the young people really getting stuck in um, and having a real blast and um, you know being unashamedly Catholic. Hello, my name is Mark Hayes. And it is my pleasure to present to you the Choir and Orchestra of St. Lillian under the direction of Deborah Basile,
2: performing my arrangement of Dan Schutte's Here I Am Lord. I hope you enjoy it. strong. Alone, I will speak my word to them. Whom shall I serve?
0: With all of these people living in the light, let's go into today's readings. So would you like to to lead us with the readings,
1: please? The so first reading is a reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rearguard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness and the gloom shall become for you like midday. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: The Sponsorial Psalm. The just man is a light in darkness to the upright. Light shines through the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and just. Well for the man who is gracious and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice.
0: A light shines in the darkness for the upright.
1: He shall never be moved, the just one shall be an everlasting remembrance. An evil report he shall not fear. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord.
0: A light rises in the darkness for the upright.
1: His heart is steadfast, he shall not fear. Lavishly he gives to the poor. His justice shall endure forever. His horn shall be exalted in glory.
0: A light rises in the darkness for the upright.
1: Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming the mystery of God, I did not come with sublimity of words or of wisdom, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Glory to you, O Lord. And I know I didn't respond to that correctly. However, talk to us about those. What did you think? What was it for you?
1: Yeah, so um, for me today, that that theme was uh, very much around light. And I thought, if we even go right back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, here and about, uh, I think it's about the third verse. Let there be light. So for me, this is obviously something that God is wanting. He is wanting light in the world, and I was really just starting to to reflect on what we see in the gospel reading that that we're called to be salt of the earth and light of the world. So I was just uh, really wanting to to think about what is it about salt that that makes it salt and i think that one of the things that that salt acts as is as a seasoning so a seasoning often draws out what is good uh, it really accompanies uh, other things and it actually cast my mind back to um, the, the fish and chip restaurant actually that my um uh, extended family had when i was growing up and then they like the chips were always beautifully cooked but but what really set it apart it, it was the salt you know, so it's really the seasoning that really drought the goodness of those beautiful potato chips. So that's the first thing that salt does. And then another thing that, that salt does, it acts as a preservative. It uh, really helps to keep something that is good, good. It, it doesn't allow it to expire. So you can sort of think, okay, yeah, perhaps in our own lives, when when we've got something good, Um, If we parallel it with that metaphor that, well, salt can actually uh, help us maintain and retain what is good. And then really thirdly, um, I sort of jumped on the internet and looked at this, and and it said that an ingredient for um, incense, a key ingredient, is actually salt. And I guess, you know, when we have like like the incense, um, especially on, special occasions as Catholics, you know, it's all about um, bringing about the, the glory and, and the, the holiness of God. And it sort of purifies and, and can really actually have quite an emotive effect on people, I think, as well. So salt, in all of those instances, you can sort of say, wow, well, you know, it's, it's not just salt, so to speak. Um, there's actually really quite a lot to it.
0: So if we if we use, like the first one, seasoning, and your first component of salt, in a way, uh, if, when, we are good Catholic Christians, we are being seasoned for the next life. Where, yes, no? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Like, like for me, that, that, that seasoning, that, that saltiness, uh, it really and um, enhances things, and and really brings it to the next level. So yeah, I would agree with that.
0: And preservation. What came to me when you were talking about preserving, I got to preservation, and it's it's maintaining the the essence of God through and through and through and through. And I remember when I was doing my RCIA program. One of the things that when I was discerning, contemplating, is God for me, am I for God? And it it came down to me, or for me, to the fact that the Catholic tradition has been around for over 2,000 years, plus or minus, in pretty much the same format, maybe with a few tweaks. It's been preserved and I really liked the fact that I was about to stand on something that had stood the test of time and was very stable so for you what what does preserve
1: mean well I think um particularly as Catholics we're, we're really hot on tradition we're absolutely were hot on scripture as well but absolutely to your point there there are a lot of traditions that that have um come about and popped up in the church over many, many centuries. And I think it's really, you know, preserving those beautiful things because, you know, to your point, you know, we have been around for, you know, 2,000-odd years. We actually go back to the time of Jesus. And I think we probably need to stop and reflect and sort of think, oh, you know, how, how were the early Christians doing things? You know, uh, are there some things that we... um should probably be a little bit more, I guess, uh, intent on preserving from from those early days because what we sort of see it in, in 21st century Christianity. I'm like, wow, there's there's a lot of variety um, for for better or worse, but I think there's something really uh, important about going going back to our roots.
0: And and I think also that with you know the the other Christian traditions that looking on the outside, this is life according to Julie or faith according to Julie or faith not according to Julie, not faith according to Julie, is it almost feels like they pick and choose whatever they want according to their mood on the day and if they don't like something because being a Christian is pretty hard work, being Catholic is pretty hard work, oh, we just won't have that. And I remember... Alan and I going to a funeral, a Christian funeral. A very, I think it was a charismatic funeral, for one of his cousins or cousins' cousins. It was it was a connection, a family connection. And she had she was brought up Catholic, but she had entered a very charismatic um, tradition, faith, worship, and there was lots of reference to Jesus in her service there was no crucifix, there was no cross, there was nothing about him being crucified for us. And it felt like they just took what they wanted but changed. And when I asked where is the cross as oh we don't do that. You Catholics you have to you have to focus on the cross and it's so morbid. I was like, Well actually he died for us. <laughs> it's it's paying the ultimate price.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that, what, what you're saying actually resonates with me because even with the Cathedral of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Hamilton, you know, we enter the cathedral and we see Christ crucified. But I'm like, Hey, guess what? When you do a U-turn, what do we see? We see a stained glass window of Christ resurrected. And I think something that we've got to be, you know, really careful about is that, you know, with the Great Commission, when we are growing the kingdom of God, that we're not Multiplying by division. You know, I don't think it was Christ's intent for, you know, us, us to be divided. You know, Christ had that, that explicit call that we may be one. And of course, there is debate around, oh, well, do it. do we actually need it to be uniform to be united? Um, and I think, you know, strong arguments can be made, uh, any which way. But the reality is, is with Catholicism, um, you know, we've been around more than just 500 years and uh, a lot of um, probably non-Catholic uh, Christian traditions. I think that they're, they're actually really standing on the shoulders of giants uh, without really knowing it. Um, and even like like with the scriptures and that, I'm like, well, you know, we haven't actually always had access to the scriptures. You know, the the average Julie in the pews or the average Tom in the pews um, and and those sorts of things as well. So. We don't, we don't want to risk trying the baby out, out with the bathwater, I would say.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I like the fact that we have preserved as well. And then your your third one was using salt in, as a foundation, as a, a foundational ingredient in incense. And when we have all the bells and smells and all the pomp and ceremony in Catholic services we have incense so it's it's there as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that the really beautiful thing about um catholicism is that it does so beautifully well and engaging the senses and that's really something that that we see through the use of incense you know where our, where our prayers are uh carried to heaven and and I even know like like in my time um in, in Asia, I remember sort of smelling um incense around a Buddhist temple. I'm like, oh, ah, no, that doesn't spell right. Like that that that's not like my uh Catholic tradition, the word that we've used a lot um in, in today's discussion. And I think it's just sort of that that it actually helps us connect with God. I'm like, we can literally as with the Eucharist, we can taste it. I'm like, this is something we can We can literally smell. And and as I say, you know, until sort of reading, um, you know, the the, the gospel for for the Sunday, I thought I never actually knew, wow, salt is actually a really important important part of incense.
0: Listeners, I hope this gives you lots of things to think about. Thomas, we're coming into the, the final minutes of today's show. Is there, if you had to, like you've, you've, picked salt as being salt and light as being the main thing for you if you had to choose one of those, what would it be
1: yeah so I think probably naturally to you know even despite all the discussion I would probably le- actually lean, lean towards the light um, and it's just wondering you know how, how can we actually be a, a light to the world and um, in, in our everydayness um, in, in our Catholic Christian walk and as I said right from the outset, I'm like this is something that 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 God has really put put high importance on. You know, we are to be a light to the world. So I guess it just makes me stop and think, how can I be a light to the world today, to to Catholics and non-Catholics alike? You know, what what is so appealing about what I'm doing that would make other people sort of think, yeah, I, I'd love to be Catholic too. I'd I'd love to. Glorify God.
0: And in and, and today's reading, you know, don't put your light under a bushel. Don't hide your light under a bushel. This also goes back to one of the topics that we talked about last year with each of us having our own unique skills and gifts that we bring mm-hmm. to the world. And if we hide them, then they're going to be in the dark. They're not going to be in the light.
1: Absolutely, and and I think like as like that saying goes that you know that there's no amount of of darkness that that can eclipse a single light, and you know we we haven't been, we have been given that that light of Christ literally through through our baptism, and you know like the the children's song says, you know like I'm gonna let it shine, you know this little absolutely light of mine I'm
0: gonna let it shine,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: thank you. As we wrap up this, this, the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, special thanks to the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City, god's Godzone, Ootearoa, and you've been listening to Your Catholic Corner, 89.03 FM. Thomas and I will be back next week, and we will finish up here going out on Salve Regina by the Benedictine monks.